Hello listeners and welcome back to our new series Simhasana Dwatram Sikap. Today we will be talking about a beautiful book and I'll also explain why and what is the um the prelude the context to the stories that's going to follow in the series but before we go ahead wishing all my dear listeners a very happy friendship day and thank you so much for always supporting this podcast and always tuning in back and uh, listening to the episodes thank you very much uh, the podcast whatever it is today is only because of all my dear listeners because of the the uh, support you have been giving us thank you so much and I wish this friendship always stays strong the way it is right now yeah okay so the story um the simhasana dwatramsika series stories we are going to be hearing in this entire series why are we hearing it what is the context to this story so once lord shiva he was sitting in the mount kailash and his consort his wife goddess parvati comes up to him bows down and mentions that people who are clever people who are wise they generally pass their time by listening to stories on literature on science on all knowledgeable things basically and people who are fools they generally pass their time by quarreling over irrelevant matter so then she asked lord shiva to recite a story a very meaningful story which will help her to pass some time so now lord shiva starts reciting such narrating a story now this story is about a time when there were 32 marvelous tales which were recounted before king bhoja Now these thirty-two tales are basically narrated by thirty-two statues who are supporting a throne, and these tales narrate the virtues of another king. Now the question is, whose throne was it actually, and um, how did this so-and-so person? get the throne who gave the throne to him and now how and why are these stories being narrated in front of king bhoja so how did king bhoja find out the throne and why is he being narrated these stories so what are these stories basically yeah so the answers to all these questions will be covered in our series ahead okay so with that prelude Let's quickly go ahead into our first episode for today which is King Bhartihari and the fruit of immortality. Here we go. There is a city called Ujjaini. It lacked nothing. It was better even than Indra's heaven. In it there reigned a king called Bhartihari who was versed in all the arts and skilled in every science all the nobles and the lords paid him homage the vermilion from the hair parting of their wives reddened his feet his own wife angasena 
was more beautiful and charming than the nymphs of heaven. He also had a younger brother named Vikramaditya, whose valor was greater than that of all his enemies. But he had been exiled in disgrace for some reason since the time of the king's coronation. In this city, there was a Brahmin who was an adept in all the sciences, especially that of incantations. But he was exceedingly poor. He propitiated the goddess Bhuvaneshwari with a ritual of spells and charms and she asked him to make a wish. Goddess, the Brahmin cried, if you are pleased with me, grant me freedom from old age and death. The goddess gave him a divine fruit saying, my son, you will never grow old or die after you eat this fruit. The Brahmin took the gift and went home. He baited and did his devotions. Then, as he sat down to eat the celestial fruit, a thought crossed his mind. What am I doing? He asked himself. I'm so poor. Whom will I benefit by becoming immortal? Though I live forever, I will still be a beggar. Even a short life is preferable if one can do some good to others. It is worthwhile only if one acquires learning, wealth and other merits even though one lives for no more than a moment. As it is said, His life is fruitful, say the sages, who lives acclaimed for learning, valor, wealth and other merits. For even a crow can live long eating leftovers. The crow lives long, gobbling putrid leftovers. One truly lives who does so with righteousness and renown. He lives lives by whose living many others live too. For does not even a stalk fill his own belly with its beak? There are thousands of petty people engaged in filling their own bellies. That person alone stands out in virtue who regards his own interest as serving that of others. The submarine fire consumes the ocean only to satisfy itself. The cloud does sit in order to rain upon a world oppressed by summer's heat. A man whose life, actions and qualities have no worthwhile meaning is like a word formed at random no more than a name. Therefore, this fruit should be given to the king. He will then be freed from death and aging and be able to protect and nurture all the forecasts as it should be rightly done. Taking the fruit, the Brahmin then went to Bharti Hari. O king, may the gods Hara, who sports the serpent garland, and Hari, who wears yellow garment, bless you. With this benediction, he placed the fruit in the king's hands and said, Majesty, I obtained this incomparable fruit as a mark of divine grace. Eat it and you will become immune to old age and death. The king took the fruit and dismissed the Brahmin with many gifts. Hmm, I will become immortal by eating this fruit, he pondered. But I love Angasena deeply, 
She will die while I still live and I will not be able to bear the pain of that separation. So I will give this fruit to her instead, for she is dearer to me than life. He then called the queen and gave her the fruit. Now she had taken a stable hand as a lover and after some thought she gave the fruit to him. He passed it on to a servant maid who was his sweetheart. She in turn gave it to a cowherd with whom she was in love. The cowherd was deeply in love with a girl who carried the cow dung and he presented the fruit to her. The dung carrier would collect the cattle droppings and take them out of the village. She put the basket of dung on her head, flung the fruit on top of it and came out thus on the highway. At that time, King Bhartihari was going on a hunt with the princess. He noticed the fruit lying on top of the excrement on the girl's head. Taking it, he turned back and went home. Then he summoned the Brahmin. Oh Brahmin, is there another fruit of the kind you presented to me? The Brahmin replied, My lord, that was a celestial fruit obtained as a gift from a god. There is no other fruit like it on earth. One may not lie to the king who too is a god personified must be regarded as such. The sages declare that the king is an embodiment of all the gods. A wise man should look upon him as such and speak no lies before him. Well, what if another fruit like that one were to be here? Didn't you eat it? The Brahmin asked. I did not eat it. I gave it to my beloved Angasena, the king admitted. Then ask her if she ate it. The king called Angasena, put her under oath and questioned her. She acknowledged that she had given the fruit to the sable hand. The latter was summoned and asked and he said that he had given it to the servant maid. She said that she had given it to the cowherd and he that he had presented it to the cow dung carrier. When the truth dawned upon him, the king was overcome by deep depression. He started reciting a stanza. In vain do men delude themselves with the youth and beauty of lovely women. Kama is king in their hearts and does exactly what he pleases. Even the gods cannot anticipate the bucking of a horse and the thundering of a cloud. The hearts of women and the fate of man, and if it will rain excessively or not at all, how then can man? Men may catch a tiger in the forest, a bird in the air, or a fish in the middle of the river, but they can never gorge the fickle minds of women. Flowers may rain from the sky, and a barren woman's son may reign as king. Such things can come to pass. But woman's heart can never be straightforward. The wiles of women delude even those savants who understand joy and sorrow, victory and defeat, life and death. Even those with no ulterior motives say that it is the nature of all women to want another man, even though they already have one just like Kama, the god of love. Women can hoodwink a man in a moment even one with a wealth of wisdom, and they do it without spells or incantations, religious rites or modest manners. 
I believe that the lover preferred by woman is generally one who has been thrown out of his family and clan, a vile, wicked and base person who should be shunned. They may have dignity and prestige and many laudable merits, but women fall into wicked ways on their own for no reason at all. They laugh and weep for the sake of lucre. They make men trust them and themselves trust no one. Such women should always be avoided by men of good family and character, just like the rice cakes, which are left in cemeteries. No fortune is greater than renunciation, no happiness more than enlightenment, no savior other than hurry, and no enemy worse than this worldly round. Reciting this last stanza, Bharati Hari renounced the world and himself retired to a forest. And so, listeners, that's the end of today's episode. It's possible that the the episode could have felt a little dragging, but we just need to be a little patient for the initial few episodes in the series because this is important to set the context, the environment, the you know the background of the story for the main thirty two stories that's going to follow later on. So the initial. Eight nine episodes will be basically setting the context, and it's important to know what had happened before we go to the main thirty two stories in the series. Okay, so today we got to know that uh, the throne belonged to King Bharati Hari, which was our first question, which we uh, referred to during our prelude. So we understood this throne belonged to King Bharati Hari. Now, in the next episode, we'll get to know. Who was the throne given to? Who was the successor for King Bharati Hari? Because now King Bharati Hari has left the kingdom and he has renounced all the worldly matters and he has moved to a forest. Yeah. So the the kingdom needs a new king right now. That we'll find out in our next episode. And um, mostly the next episode, listeners, we will be having it in the week. In in middle of the week, so just be alert. Just look out for notifications whenever you see a new episode dropping in the week. Uh, please do tune in and listen to the second episode in the series. Okay, so that I will take your leave and I'll meet you pretty soon again. Until then, stay safe, take care, and if you have any queries, any feedbacks, please do not hesitate to share your comments at my Twitter handle at dreadroshni sk. Or you can drop your comments at the email id sishu underscore katha at dateoutlook dot com. And before I sign off, wishing all my dear listeners once again a very happy Friendship Day. See you soon. Bye bye.